It's another episode of Metal, Rock, and Whiskey. I am Sailor, and I'm back, bitches. Yes, indeed. Welcome back. Welcome back Hi, Sailor. guys. How's it yeah, going? Yeah, we, we, we missed you. We missed your recording last week, and uh, as, as the listeners will hear in, uh, in what will be the Lamb of God episode, um, the three of us opined where where we thought you were or or where you told us that you were going to be and how those stories may have differed a bit. So Yeah, you'll have to tell uh, us about your little trip later. <laughs> I'm I'm interested to hear this. <laughs> I can't wait, actually, to listen to this episode and I'll be listening to it like all the other listeners. So, should be well, when interesting. That, when that episode's released, I think we agreed that there was going to be a a, a poll in yes. the in the Facebook group for all the people in the group to vote on where you actually were. Oh, shit. Who have the most believable uh, alibi for you? <laughs> oh shit! I oh, this should be good. <laughs> I feel like I'm going to disappoint the listeners, though. You guys probably had a lot more. Interested had me doing more interesting things than I actually was. Interesting might yeah. not. <laughs> no, certainly well, interesting. Just, yeah. Interesting yeah. is a word. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Oh god, fuckers! <laughs> well, I'm back now, motherfuckers. So let's do this show. Hey, Jake. Well, since you're back, let's uh, let's talk about what we typically do on this episode. On this episode, on this show. Even though this is and not a on this episode, show. <laughs> on this episode, not on this episode, not on this episode. <laughs> no, definitely not. So our typical format is that we will take two albums from one artist, we we'll battle them against each other, discuss the merits, argue unprofessionally, debate <laughs> the uh, our own opinions mostly more than facts. Truth, <laughs> <laughs> and and then very. Uh, democratically decide who reigns supreme yeah buddy but tonight we um well we won't be doing that nope tonight we're going to devote the entire discussion to the band death and chuck schuldiner's impact on metal and the death metal subgenre and guys let's not forget something very important something else that is equally important i just said that we are all whiskey nerds (laughs) And on this show, we not only drink lots and lots and lots and lots of whiskey, but we also talk about it. (laughs) Because I've been drinking copious amounts of whiskey already. Uh, Each show, one of us pairs a whiskey with the theme of that show. And tonight, Jake, Ed, and myself cannot wait to hear what the one and only Sailor has in store for us. And the listeners. Indeed, indeed. Well, what's... uh... Everybody else drinking right now. Matt, mm. as he takes a, I was like a dentist with my hands in your mouth. Just <laughs> then, I 
as I take <laughs> a ask you as you're taking a drink. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> tonight I am going Japanese, and I have a bottle of. I Hibiki. think I'm going Japanese. I think I'm going <laughs> Japanese. I, really I was I was so. contemplating breaking into song, but I figured some one of you would do it. Uh, <laughs> well, well, yeah. domo domo arigato for not singing. But up bang. I don't know how to say you're welcome in Japanese, so I'm not going to try. Um, so yeah, Hibiki 12 Year, which is a Suntory product, um, not a really readily available now, at least in, in our market here. Uh, a lot of it is blended into uh, their other expression, Hibiki Harmony. Uh, but this is just a super easy drinker, as most Japanese whiskeys that I've had are. Uh, so if you can find it, you're probably going to pay a decent price for it, but go out and get it because it's worth it. Mm. Very nice. I, yeah. I think uh, I think I've actually had that one. It was pretty nice. Yeah, I haven't had a lot of Japanese whiskeys, but uh, it was either that one. What's another really popular one that's kind of in that same realm? Well, Yamazaki, um, Hakushu. Yamazaki. Yeah, yeah. Nope. Yamazaki, it was it was that. a it was a Yamazaki that I had. It was like a Yamazaki twelve year or something. Mm-hmm. Also very tasty. What about you, Ed? Well. Don't say larceny. <laughs> no. Although, I do love me some larceny, but tonight, <laughs> I am actually drinking a cousin of larceny. We both live in the same family, Heaven Hill. Felonious Assault? <laughs> <laughs> Is that a bourbon? <laughs> uh, you heard it here, folks. Ah, <laughs> uh, Jake, you're a card. You really should be dealt with. It's the, it's the new one out from Buffalo Trace. No, they've got a nice long, wow. long historical story to go with it too. Oh, so anyway, I was attending a fundraising event, and I happened to win a bottle of Elijah Craig. Very so nice. I broke that open, and I am drinking that tonight. And um, this is the first time I've had to um, try the new quote-unquote new Elijah Craig. Um, the the other bottle I've had has been the uh, the 12 year age stated, and I must say it, at least to my palate, it compares favor favorably well. It's got that Sounds same like beautiful it. nose. Yes, and... <laughs> <laughs> I remember. So yeah, I'm numbs, liking it. Num, numbs numbs the lips and the tongue very well. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> lips, teeth, tip of the tongue. <laughs> So how about you, Sailor? I'm drinking um, from the bottle that I'll be talking about tonight. So I'm going to wait, you guys, until my whiskey segment to tell you oh, what I'm drinking. Oh, you do have the whiskey segment. Yes, I do. What's okay. Jake drinking tonight? I am actually drinking a, a blend that I created. Um, well, that I, I mix. I didn't create any of it, but... Um, uh, a group of uh, of twelve of us um, decided to do a blenders group, and we each do our own blend and let it uh, marry for a month in the bottle, and and then we're going to sample it out uh, for a blind, you know, a big blind tasting. And my blend is a mix of uh, equal parts nineteen twenty Elijah Craig barrel proof, E H Taylor barrel proof, Old Weller antique, and an O E S V. Four Roses barrel strength pick, and uh, yummy. I must say, I'm 
I, I just pulled a little a little swig off it just to see uh, see how it's marrying, and I'm very pleased with it so far. It's been mm-hmm. going for about three and a half weeks, I think now, and uh, it's really really coming together nice. Sounds delicious. So, what was your strategy mixing those particular? Items? Well, I kind of started thinking of the basic main flavors that I wanted to go with. I, I I did want I wanted a nice blend of of different fruits. I wanted a little bit of the you know a little bit of that banana note, which immediately made me think of the old Forester nineteen twenty. First of all, I wanted it. At first, I wanted it all to be barrel strength selections, and I, I started with with the four barrel proofs, and it had a really nice profile. It just was lacking a little bit of like a red fruit note that I really wanted in there, and so I knew I could achieve that by adding the the Weller Antique, mm-hmm. and um, and it also brought it. it kind of mellowed out a little bit of the heat um the elijah craig barrel proof is usually a little bit hotter up front on the palate and it kind of mellowed that out a little bit which i was pretty happy so i was i was actually really pleased with the way it turned out but i I basically just lined up a bunch of glasses and put dabs of whiskey in each one and just started tasting a bunch of them and then just slowly mix it together and trial and error that's what i came with quite the quite the mix yeah, it's, yeah, it's, it's like a super group. <laughs> yeah, try it out sometime. <laughs> I know. I I already know that one of the other people in the group did. Uh, <clears throat> they did. I think the entire like twelve different Booker's releases. My wow. goodness! And blended them all together. That's pretty ambitious. Oh, I mean, that might just taste like Booker's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, <laughs> so, I, I don't know. I mean, it's, I think it's just going to taste like really good bookers. Yeah, yeah it's it's going to be good either way, I guess. But yeah, interesting. No. Well, now that we've talked about that, Sailor, do you have some rock and metal news for us? I do. So, I'm going to start off with a little bit of bourbon news. Wild Turkey announced they are releasing a new bourbon expression, the Wild Turkey Long Branch. Heard about that. Yeah. Yeah, Excited. All right, all right, all right. Mm -hmm. So it's a rare small batch, eight year. It's been refined, quote unquote, with Texas mesquite and oak charcoals. It's inspired by Matthew McConaughey's Texas and Kentucky roots. Sweet. Um, This process of refining um uses two separate filtration methods. So the release was announced on Facebook by Matthew McConaughey and his mother. <laughs> I don't know why. And Eddie Russell. Um and Eddie Russell, if you don't know, is the son of America's oldest distiller, um, one of the most prominent distillers in the world, the amazing Jimmy Russell. Uh so like I said, it's made of eight year old bourbon. It's eighty six proof. 
and it's going to hit the shelves in May, and it's said to have a price tag of about 40 bucks, depending on your market. So, um, I'm (sighs) intrigued. Yeah. So the whole Matthew McConaughey thing was a little weird at first because they call him a creative director. They don't call him a spokesperson. And so initially I was like, this is some something, something's here. Well, so apparently this was the whole point that he just wanted to make what he felt like would be his favorite bourbon and they would release it. Um, so, I mean, who knows? Maybe it's going to be really amazing. I'll definitely check it out for that price tag. I mean, it's certainly something unique. Um, and it's it's fun to see Wild Turkey um, do things like this, actually, because they are typically against, um, you know, doing things like this. So uh, Jimmy is. Well, Jimmy, I should, Jimmy that's Russell right. Is. You're right. Uh, Jimmy I would is. Say, I would say Eddie is Eddie he's a little, is, no, he's a little he's, more open. Yes, yeah. Eddie is definitely open. Yeah, I, w- I would say the one thing that maybe that, that maybe is disappointing right off the front is that it's not coming out at a one hundred and one proof because that's you know, that's kind of their thing. I know. I thought about that, but if if it's McConaughey that's really in charge of this, um, I don't know why I'm making this assumption, but maybe I shouldn't. I don't know. Um, I feel like he wants it to appeal to more of the masses. I don't yeah, know. Kind of like and, a Jim Beam devil's cut. Yeah, and not the bourbon masses, because the bourbon masses, you know, especially for me, I it, it's it's rare these days that I'm as into things that aren't barrel proof or at least 100, you know, above 90. Mm-hmm. You just get more flavor in it. So um, yeah. I'm assuming that's that's why. That's I was going to say, if, if, it was, if it was really meant for... Uh, meant for the the bourbon geeks out there it would be like a non-chill filtered barrel strength yep. with the touch of smoke you know and or it, something like that it just and, wouldn't be this it wouldn't be and Texas it would be 65 dollars it just how old is the bourbon that's in this bottle is it you said it was eight, eight years? years okay eight yeah oh really yeah. okay well yeah I, I, it, I, got I know. Me th- it got me yeah. thinking of the proof point that maybe they were just gonna basically you know like I said, basically do what jim beam does and take their bottom shelf uh their bottom shelf offering and toy with it a little bit, no. but hey, eight years. No, it's eight years. Yeah, that's why nice. I'm. That's why I'm like, okay, all right. So yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that comes out in May. I'll grab a bottle and um, I will report back. Um. So next up in news, oh boy. So the former Skid Row vocalist <laughs> Sebastian Bach has unveiled his 2018 dates for his home away from home tour. Now, if you're interested in seeing such a thing, you can find the tour dates on his website, or you can check out the sweet tour poster that looks like it was created in 1982. We're going to post it in the Metal Rock and Whiskey Facebook group. It's a doozy. But here's what I don't get. Okay, first, all right, before we get into that, let's, shall we look at this poster together, guys? Yes. Can we just talk about what the hell is happening first of all it looks like it looks like someone's grandmother who just like is still using like publisher <laughs> made this like someone who does not understand graphic design and straight out has... of like 1983 it's, it's yeah he's horrible. like he's definitely channeling his inner ozzy here yeah Big i think time. he made this himself <laughs> and does it say gilmore girls yeah <laughs> As seen on the Gilmore Girls? No. Yeah, no, it says. 
Sebastian Bach. Yeah, seen on TV. The original voice oh, the of, yeah, yes. the original voice of Skid Park Row. Trailer and Trailer Park Boys. Yeah, as seen on TV in the Trailer Park Boys and Gilmore Girls. Stop it, I can't. Oh this God. is fantastic. Wait, lead. I mean, this are, is there, like, are there Gilmore Girls fans going to see him? I don't understand. <laughs> Wait a minute. Let's start off by talking about how it says Sebastian Bach, <laughs> the original voice of Skid Row. What is there the an unoriginal shit? voice? Well, no shit. What the fuck else is he going to be singing? Yeah. That's what confuses yeah. me. I don't understand. <clears throat> is it Skid Row? Is it him singing Skid Row songs? Is it him singing something else? I'm, I'm, I, no one. I don't understand. I don't get it. I don't know, but this looks, uh, this looks like uh, an old Ozzy cover. It does exactly. <laughs> Uh, yeah. Um, so I really want to speak to somebody who is going to go to this thing. So if there's anybody out there listening and you or you know someone that is actually going to go to one of these shows, I want you to be a guest on an episode and I want you to tell us about your experience. <laughs> Gosh, Please. there's a, like half the tours in Canada. What I want to know <laughs> is what's <laughs> with this, Canada. um phallic cane he's got there what do you think is that like a buddha head on the end or a different kind of head i don't know i don't know but he's married to a porn star isn't he i was gonna say it looks uh, incredibly phallic (laughs) yeah i think he's married to a porn star so yeah Hmm. um so yeah that's that really interesting piece of news (laughs) uh Next up, since we've recently completed our um, Aussie series, I thought I would bring this up, this little interesting nugget. Um, It seems that L.A. residents can uh, rest a little bit easier when they're behind the wheel because your highways just got a tiny bit safer. Aussie has officially given up driving. Now, I didn't know he was still driving. I don't know who would give him a license. I figured he I just mean, would have had a driver just to take him everywhere. How long has it been since the MTV show was on? Because he didn't seem fit to drive then. It was like 20 years ago or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who's giving this fucking guy a license? Yeah, um, you, you would think so, he would never have to drive himself anywhere. Well, right? yeah, I mean, exactly. Especially- Sharon, you fucking bitch. You can't drive him or your husband around? Come on. <laughs> I mean, why... Either way, why wouldn't he just pay for a driver? Exactly. Who knows? Who I knows? mean, if, if I lived in, I mean, I've traveled in California, and I hated driving then. I yeah. wouldn't want to. I mean, I would want to just sit in a back seat and be able to screw around on your phone or computer and let the time fly by, watch a movie. Yeah, exactly. Hey, James. Yeah, he probably has to leave the house in the middle of the night just to get away <laughs> from her. You know, every once in a while, probably <laughs> when she's sleeping, he's do that driver around the block. You know, <laughs> screaming out the window. So. <laughs> The weird thing is that it was Jack, his son, that made the announcement. Um, strange. Uh, so he said that recently Ozzy was in a little fender bender, called it a bumper kiss, mm-hmm, and said that he's. they're just worried that if Ozzy gets into a light fender bender, someone's going to want to sue them for like $10 million because he's Ozzy Osbourne. Oh, sure. Which is, it's a fair point. Fair point. But... Here's my favorite part of the story. There's an article on Loudwire that talks about this. I'm going to read you the opening of the article. This is gold. 
And I quote, Ozzy Osbourne will hit the road later this year for his No More Tours 2 trek, but like much of his future, it will come via future travel. It will come via a view from the passenger seat. <laughs> as, as, if he was, as if he was driving his own tour bus to begin yeah. with? This is the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Like, I mean, I remember like, how is how is my news? <laughs> I remember when I remember when my grandma stopped driving, but we didn't like post it in Facebook. <laughs> it's like yeah, this is major news. Anyway, if you're interested in seeing the Prince of Darkness for what could perhaps be the last time, you can find those dates on Aussie.com. So that's the end of that little nugget. Yeah, I'd rather crash um, my own car first. And last but certainly not least, Tool has announced the Six City Music Clinic. So this music clinic is billed as a rare immersive dissection and performance, which will include drummer Danny Carey, bassist Justin Chancellor, and guitarist Adam Jones. Maynard will not be taking part in the event, but it's still a hell of a window into a band that has been clouded in mystique since the get-go. So the band will discuss their songwriting process, they will perform, and they will do a Q&A section. Um, so there's also going to be rare merchandise available for just those that have attended the clinic. There are very, very limited dates, and they are all in the Midwest. Um, so when this airs, tickets will just have gone on sale, so you might still be able to grab some. The first one is taking place in St. Paul, Minnesota. Um, I'm not a huge Tool fan. I really like them. But if they're going to do an insight into their songwriting process, other than, well, Maynard writes everything and brings it to us and we play it, I think this will be pretty fascinating and certainly something amazing for diehard Tool fans for sure. Um, I mean, I think probably just the Q&A section, I imagine, is all going to be questions. About Maynard, yeah. Of course. So Sounds um, interesting. I don't know. I, I doubt that they would do something like this if these guys aren't actually really involved in the process. I think it would be a little bit strange, but I guess I always assumed that Maynard was like, here's the music, play it, and this yeah, is how I want you to play it. This is exactly yeah. how you, I want. He's, exactly. Yeah, so. He's certainly, like you said, Matt, he's certainly the uh, the be all end all, the, the final decision maker. And mm-hmm. yeah. <clears throat> does it say, does it give any information like what kind of venues these are going to be? I mean, are they going to be like. No. Mid-sized auditoriums. And, I mean, I guess look into it more. But yeah, I mean, Tool's one of my favorite bands, and uh, I, I've seen them live before, and they put on an amazing live show. And it's uh, one of my favorite things is when you do see a live show, and it's better than what you get from the album. And there's yeah. there's few bands there they're few and far between that you know that the the concert. The musically, it's better than what you get on an album. The Tool is one of those bands that, I mean, it's perfect and it's amazing. Yeah, there's actually there are a couple dates close to you, Jake. You should check it out. Oh, really? The dates are posted online. Yeah, check that out. Yeah, yep. So that is your strange metal, rock, and whiskey news for the week. Well, thank you for that. And uh, no, no rest for the wicked. Now it's time for you to do a whiskey segment.
that beautiful cork pop came from what I'm going to talk about. I'm going to pour myself a little dram here. I have a runny nose again. I feel like I've been sick for six months and it's not getting any better. The hell? Okay. So, guys, tonight I give you the sexton. Sex, sex and where? Oh, sexton. The sexton. Uh, isn't that that thing you, like the old mariners use to, uh, like, calculate their position relative to no. the No, it's se- sexton is when you, you text message, like, sexual things. <laughs> no, I think they. I think they were the old, uh, the old pre-English tribe, right? Oh, yeah, are you guys done yet? Right. Are you guys done oh. yet? No, oh wrong. yeah, sorry. Go ahead. Are we wrong? Okay. Are we wrong? Okay, thanks. Just, just, just making sure you guys got it all out there. The word sexton is derived from the medieval Latin word sacristanus. Yeah, that's what we said. I, <laughs> I probably butchered that. <laughs> Meaning. Custodian of sacred objects, like the man who prepared graves, the last man to witness the body before being laid to rest. This amazing Irish whiskey comes in an incredible package. It's a black hexagonal shaped bottle with a skull wearing a grave digger's top hat and a gorgeous label. This bottle is sexy as shit and super intriguing. So I was praying that this juice was going to taste good because I had to have the bottle. <laughs> Let me just read from the label for you guys. Up in the cold gray north reaches of County Antrim, the sextons tend to the spirits, digging the fresh graves of the river bush graveyard and planting stone crosses in the soft mowed grass. Show up just before dawn when the dew is glistening on the headstones and you'll catch the morning breeze carrying the fresh scent of unmistakable oak from a breathing cask. Follow the scent into the crypt, and you might find a locked door. Faintly glowing at its edges through the door, find the rows of beckoning European oak, once the sacramental casks of fine sherry, now brimming with aqua vitae. You see, to be a sexton is a spiritual trade, and the whiskey is their favorite spirit. So this is the gorgeous, um, <clears throat> this liquid is so beautiful, and it is the brainchild of female master blender Alex Thomas, one of Ireland's few uh, ble- whiskey blenders. It's crafted from 100% malted barley, triple distilled in copper pots, and aged in first, second, and third fill Oloroso sherry casks. It's aged for four years, and it is 80 proof. So on the nose, I got immediately dark fruits, spice, and chocolate. The palate offers honey, a mild sweetness. I got a little bit of marzipan, then more dark fruit and nuts from those sherry casks. You absolutely get the grain and toffee that come through that you would expect from a single malt. And then the finish has a light and woody flavor, super smooth, and that sweet fruit lingers. I think it's a perfect balance of rich rich fruits and like oak, light oak, surprising for a four-year single malt since it's so young. Um, using traditions from Ireland's North Coast and modern techniques, and with a bottle that may appear scary or make you believe the liquid inside will be harsh and hot and sinister, yet once you jump in, it's intelligent, intriguing, and satisfying – I think this juice pairs perfectly with the band Death and their genre-defining death metal music. 
Sounds sexy. <laughs> Fuck off. I love that little read from the bottle. That was pretty good. It's like an epilogue. It's like it's an epilogue so awesome. from Lord of the Rings. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and you have to turn the bottle. I will demonstrate to you guys. You have to turn the bottle on its side, right? And the story oh, cool. starts there. And you follow it all the way around so the bottle. Naturally, it has six sides. Yes. Hexagonal. Isn't that cool? Isn't that cool? It's a very cool bottle, for sure. It's beautiful. I'm so in love with it. And I'm really, really happy that I like the juice in it. I think it's very unique for what it is. It's an excellent value, for sure. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. So that is my whiskey pairing to go with the topic of the evening. Well, it certainly pairs well. Are we ready to uh, talk about death for a little while? Let's talk about death. I mean, I guess. Do you want to spend, uh, you know, maybe the next half an hour reading off all the band members? <laughs> no, I will not do I that. I have never seen a band <laughs> with as much turnover. That was as the this longest band. Wikipedia. That was the longest yeah. Wikipedia listing of band members ever. The, fam- the family tree of this band is unbelievable. Family tree, indeed. Yeah. Speaking of family trees, how about a timeline? <laughs> So, Death. Not to be confused with Death, the East Detroit punk band from 1973, which, by the way, I would love to talk about on a future show. Um, This Death band was a metal band that was founded in 1983 by vocalist Chuck Schuldiner and is considered to be among the most influential bands in heavy metal and one of the pioneers of death metal. Some consider Death to be the first death metal band to record but there's a little bit of argument among experts other believe it was possessed and some say necrophagia were the first to record in any case death has played a very important role in metal's history their first demo was titled death by metal and it said that's where the term death metal came from have i said death metal enough (laughs) so far so originally chuck began composing songs under the name mantis the tape uh, tapes made their way around uh, to metal fans through the tape trading circuit. And in 1984, Chuck decided to dissolve Mantis and rename the band Death. He said he chose that name because he wanted to turn his experience with the death of his brother that had happened a year previous into something positive. Chuck recorded several demos, moved around a lot, changed musicians many, many, many times. <laughs> and <laughs> finally... In 1986, he moved back to the San Francisco Bay Area and recorded the Mutilation demo, which led to a deal with Combat Records. And then in 1987, the first studio album, Scream Bloody Gore, was released. This album is widely considered a genre template for death metal. So in 1988, the band followed up with their next album, Leprosy, and then their third album, Spiritual Healing, in 1989. There were more lineup changes as would be consistent with the lifetime of this band. And eventually, Chuck moved back to Florida and began working with session musicians. In 1991, Death released the album Human, which is considered a more technical and progressive album. This was their best-selling album yet, 
It was well-liked by critics and fans and even received some MTV play for their first video. By the early 1990s, death was at their peak of commercial popularity, and death metal was really receiving acknowledgement on a greater scale in the metal and music community. If you were a Beavis and Butthead fan, the video and the track for The Philosopher, A Death Song, was actually in a Beavis and Butthead episode. And I am the great Cornolio! Beavis, Beavis even parodied Chuck's vocals. Do you remember that episode, that you guys? Sounds like Warren. <laughs> oh, crap. So, um, in 1994, Death changed labels and signed with Roadrunner Records and released the album Symbolic. At this time, Chuck had also created a progressive metal band called Control Denied, and he was writing a lot of music for this new project. So, he entered into a new deal with Nuclear Blast for both bands. The seventh Death album was then released, The Sound of Perseverance, in 1998. And Chuck stated that his interest in his second project was that he wanted to evolve past the harshness of the vocals in Death, but he didn't want to betray Death's sound, so he created a new band so that he could evolve in his style and in his music. So after Perseverance, the Perseverance album and two supporting tours, Chuck put Death aside and began to focus solely on the Control Denied project. And just as he was finishing um, this debut album, he was diagnosed sadly with brain cancer and unfortunately passed away on December 13th in 2001. In February 2011, The Sound of Perseverance was remastered and reissued along with the Control Denied album, and then several other death albums would receive similar treatments following that. So the reason why... I wanted to do a show about death and about Chuck was really to discuss the influence he had on the genre and the impact that the genre itself has had on metal in general. So I just want to read a couple things to you guys. So I think music biographer Gary Sharp Young said it best. Death, and I quote, death was a genre-breaking band centered upon frontman Chuck Schuldiner that would become one of the prime instigators of the death metal movement, end quote. And Schulner is also often referred to as the godfather of death metal. And in his obituary in the January 5th, 2002 issue of um, the UK's Kerrang! magazine, they said that Chuck Schuldiner was one of the most significant figures in the history of metal, period. Um, he showed the foresight and courage to not only help create the rules of death metal, but to demonstrate how to break them, said Arthur Von Engel. Schildner was ranked number 10 in Joel McIver's book, The 100 Greatest Metal Guitarists, which came out in 2009. And then in 2004, Guitar World uh, put him as number 20 in The 100 Greatest Metal Guitarists. Through all of this, Chuck was always very modest and stated that he was just a guy in a band. He wouldn't take credit for his barth part in death metal history. He And then he would go on to describe himself as a person, as a lover of life, a lover of friends and animals. He always openly condemned the stereotypes of metal musicians being harmful to animals and people and was very outspoken about his distaste for hard drugs as well and musicians that were, quote, out of control. So I feel like Chuck was a really great example of breaking the stereotype of not only metal musicians, but certainly death metal musicians, because he really was always um, a very outspoken, loving guy, very charismatic, very humble, and incredibly talented. You know, when I read, you know, started studying him, it kind of reminded me of Lemmy a little bit, 
in the sense that yeah, you know, Lemmy yeah. would never. He was always dismissive of the genre in which they were pigeonholed. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, with Chuck, would mm-hmm. never say that his band was a death metal band. He would just say that they're a metal band. You know, right. he he, yeah, he just yeah. he constantly was quoted as saying, "I'm just a guy exactly. in a metal band." Yeah, yeah. He would never, yeah. um, you know, succumb to the pigeonholing of a subgenre or sub subgenre. Um, and if, you know, I just thought of Lemmy when when I read that. Well, yeah. absolutely, good, I totally agree. Good thing, with you. good thing we never address subgenres on this show. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness! <laughs> oh, oh, I digress. Ah, <laughs> oh, boy. Oh God. Okay, so who here? Let's let's start off this way. Who here? A knew of death, like death was familiar with them, and or likes death metal. Well, I was Anybody? blissfully unaware of these this band until recently. <laughs> blissfully, harsh. I, 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 my sentiments might mirror Ed's. What a See, surprise! I, it's like Slayer all <laughs> See, over I Necro, again. I knew Necrophagia, but I never heard of Death. You know. Let me say this: I, when I first turned it on to listen to it, that that thought came to my head: what? Can I possibly say in this episode that I didn't say? In, in, so here's here's where I'm going with. I like them more than Slayer. Interesting. Ooh. Okay. Okay. All right. Okay. But I will. It's not musically, I- instrumentally. I I actually really really like this band instrumentally. I, I think uh, I, I love the. I mean, the whole package. The, the drums, the guitar, the bass, it was all fantastic. I mean, most of it I thought was really great. Um, again, the, the, the vocals were a big drawback for me. Um, but instrumentally, I, I actually really did, I really did enjoy this band quite a bit. Uh, even from the, from the early releasings all the way up to, you know, to their most recent releases right before he passed. <clears throat> Excuse me. I, I, I really liked all of it. I thought they had, uh, I mean, I guess it's going to happen when you change musicians, even in the middle of recording albums, let alone every album. Um, you're going to get different sounds. And uh, and so I, I did like the variety of sounds that they had per album instrumentally. You do see a progression, you know, through the albums. And, you know, I've, I mean, oh, the yeah. later stuff to me... I, I like the later stuff better because the songs are a little bit more complicated. The arrangements are a little bit more, uh, I, I would say, not as raw, maybe. Uh, and he does, Definitely. you know, he does progress. Maybe not as much as the other guys in the band, but he does progress with his vocal style a little bit. Um, you know, at least to the point where you can kind of understand what he's saying. Did anybody listen to Control Denied? I no. didn't. See, I think you would like that more, Jake and Ed. It's. I don't even remember what I listened to. <laughs> <laughs> He's scarred. <laughs> Maybe I did. Maybe I didn't. I have no idea. I did. Uh, I similar to Slayer. I I did grit my teeth and buckle in, and I listened to all of it. Um, wow, you're a bigger man than I. <laughs> I can I, I can get through. I mean, it's not that. Uh, it's not that it was unlistenable. I just I won't listen to it again. It's not. It's. It's a it's a voice that you know what I heard it. I wish it was different, 
but it, I'm glad I experienced it. Mm-hmm. Cause again, the, the instrumentals were fantastic. Um, this is one where I would love to hear. Yeah, I would love to hear. Well, I mean, it's going to be different because he's not around, but this is one of those ones where if, of all of the band members that could have changed, uh, what could, what could have been if he would have stuck to guitar and, and brought in a different vocalist. So is this the band that introduced this vocal style to the world? Why well, looking looking to assign blame? <laughs> it's yeah. one of the he's one of the very early ones. So there's a little bit of debate between two other bands, but yes, he's one of the very 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 early ones. Not just the vocal style itself, but also. Um, the style of music, the pace of, for example, um, a lot of the early drummers that were in Death are c- considered also to have established that style of drumming, that double kick mm-hmm. and the speed of it. And um, all of the musicians, well, most, I'll say most of the musicians that played with Death throughout the, the many, many, many of them have gone on to be huge metal musicians. I mean... I think for me, if you go and read about all of the people who were interviewed about him, like if you read, you know, some of the musicians you wouldn't think would be into something like death, you would be very surprised how many metal musicians that do not play death metal say, oh, my God, he was a huge influence to me. And that's what is um, that's what's so important about him is that he he defined a harder style and a faster style of metal that was very different from thrash. So, cause they were kind of happening at a similar time. And I find, I find the individual Chuck himself to be a lot more interesting than the actual music in the band. I think he's, I think he's a very, very intriguing character. Um, and you know, a complete 180 from what you think he would be. Uh, being a lead singer mm-hmm. of a death metal band and the things that they that he wrote about and sang about uh, a very big 180 from his real life beliefs and you know the things that he came out publicly and said about certain things very interesting I found uh, one thing that I did find interesting is uh, <clears throat> when I first because I, I kind of started reading about it a little bit when I saw it on the calendar um, before I had listened to it and I kind of saw the dates when he got started, you know, kind of that early mid eighties. And I was thinking, okay, I, you know, I, I got this idea in my head of what I thought it was going to sound like. And, uh, and then I, you know, I always like to start at, at the very first album by a band and just, I want to hear what they've started with mm-hmm. and how they progressed. And I immediately was surprised. Um, and I think this is, uh, probably what why we're talking about this that I felt the sound was very much ahead of its time I think a lot of oh, yeah. a lot of what you hear you know in the metal world at that time was very in the box of 80s there was a very much an 80s metal sound and this was even from the get-go uh, what you hear um, metal bands into the mid nineties, the sound that they had, he had it in the eighties. I mean, he was just, he, he definitely was, was very much ahead of his time. 
Music videos, however, were very dated and terrible. Well, they're going to be dated. I mean, but <laughs> they were so the bad. Reason, it, it's interesting what you just said. You know, the reason why a lot of bands sounded like that in the '90s was because of the way he sounded in the '80s. That's yeah. where they borrowed yeah, yeah. that sound from. Is he was such a trailblazer? I meant like the guitars and, and the and the, the style of the. Um, the the drum the drum patterns and stuff like that and how they were blending the 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 song structures and and all of it was very much uh, I felt was um, trailblazing for sure absolutely as was his lyrical content as well so back to that not content but I, I had this in 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 my notes and I, I skipped over but one voice that I as I was listening to it. Uh, a voice that I thought uh, would have been really interesting to hear with this band, like some of their music would. Uh, and I'm, I, now I'm blanking on his name because I just wrote down uh, the vocalist for Faith No More. Really? The like their first couple out like was Mike Patton. Yeah, uh, I was because I was driving and I was listening to their their first album was Gory Gore Bloody Gore Scream right? Bloody Gore Blood, yeah. yeah yeah yeah. Scream bloody gore. I was listening to that, and uh, and maybe I just heard uh, uh, Faith No More, like Epic, mm-hmm. or something like that. And so the, the vocal was fresh in my mind. I was like, you know what? I bet he could do some pretty cool stuff with this, with these instrumentals. You know, I, I don't know. I, I kind of like to, when I, when I hear a singer that I don't necessarily like, but I love the instrumentals, I start to ponder which vocalist I think <laughs> would do better. Or maybe not better. Yeah. Then it wouldn't Difference. be death metal without exactly. that right. style of vocals. But that style of uh, you know guitar, drumming, etc. I mean, there's uh, you. I don't know if that's one of the things that takes it out of that genre and puts it in a different subgenre, and 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 around we go. Um, but there's certainly that 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 drum style, that guitar style that's found in in other subgenres of metal. Sure. Now. Sure. Yeah. Definitely. But that vocal style is a big definer of death metal. Mm-hmm. And, you know, the amount of bands, if you just Google the amount of bands, <laughs> death yeah. metal bands. Oh, my God. I'm not a huge death metal. I'm actually not really a death metal fan at all. Um, <laughs> I was turned on to death and Chuck because... Um, my boyfriend at the time when Chuck passed away, he, I remember he had um, Lepros- Leprosy was his favorite record and he would put it on and I would, you know, like be in the house. I'd walk through the room. I always listening to death metal. Okay, whatever. And I really didn't pay a whole lot of attention to it. And when Chuck passed away, my boyfriend at the time was a huge fan and he was really upset. And he's like, gosh, I, I feel so weird. I don't know why I'm so upset about this guy that I don't know and I've never met. And I'm like, well, he moved you and, and he was a guitar player and you know, he was an inspiration to you. Like I get it. So we sat there and he was like, well, and I said, well, play some of your favorite songs and talk to me about it. Cause I thought that would help him. And so he started playing his later stuff and I was like, Oh, I actually like this. I really like this. And then, um, I read a lot of like the liner notes and just started reading things about him and just really admired and was interested in Chuck as a person. And I think that made me a little more interested in the band and then just understanding, um, what trailblazers he, what a trailblazer he was, 
intrigued me as well. Um, so that's kind of how I got into them. And um, there are a couple albums that I will listen to that I really like. Um, Leprosy, for example, is one that I like. So definitely a fascinating character. I didn't. I didn't necessarily get into. Um, I didn't find anything. Did, did you guys find any reason as to, I mean, it blew my mind. Why was he just a, uh, you know, kind of like we talked about with, with Maynard or, you know, one of these perfectionist musicians. And that's why he constantly is battling with the other musicians and replacing them. Cause I mean, why mm-hmm. he's, it's clearly not because, you know, he's flying out of control with a drug problem. Cause you know, we addressed that his view on that. I mean, maybe the other guys did or didn't. I don't, I don't want to make an assumption there, but it just made me wonder what, why so much dysfunction? I think he was a little bit of a mad genius in my opinion, because it wasn't just the band members. It was managers and it was producers and, and you know, he moved so many times. Yeah. Labels. I think, well, a lot of people said that he was an absolute impossible perfectionist. He could hear something, but he couldn't always articulate what he was hearing. And so he would, you know, this is what I want this to sound like. And they would play it exactly as he was describing, but he was hearing something else that, you know, hadn't been created yet. That's how a few of the guys described it, that it played with him. And, um, I, I mean, mean, who knows? I mean, there could have been a bit of a drive personality away, disorder you know? there. It, it will. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Well, it makes, it, it makes sense of the point that I noticed, uh, I noticed in some of the later albums, he just started working with, uh, with you know, hired hands, so session musicians. Mm-hmm. And I know a lot of artists will do that when, when they just essentially want to be able to say, just do this. This is my vision. Yeah. You know, it's not, it's not a collective idea of a band. It's, it's, this is what I, this is my vision. You help me, you know, here's your audition. Can you, can you help me achieve this? vision or not and if not hit the road and if you can cool but i'm getting all the credit (laughs) yeah i think it was probably i would assume management or someone or the label was like hey just try session (laughs) for a while and see how that goes down (laughs) um which is probably very smart uh but yeah i don't know i think that it just sounds like when you listen to i mean i watched as i was preparing for this a ton of interviews with him um, on, you know, from M- old MTV days, just all these interviews and interviews with musicians who had been in death and had played with him. And, and um, even the guys that he butted heads with, nobody really, it could be because he's passed away and he died so young, you know, people don't want to speak ill of the dead, but it seems like most people were a little like, well, he's crazy and hard, very difficult to deal with, but you know, it's because mm-hmm. he's kind of a genius, you know? So well, it speaks, it speaks to, uh, to maybe a certain level of respect or admiration for his ability that, uh, you know, a couple of the band members made multiple stints in the band where, yeah. uh, you know, they were there, they were released, fired, let go, whatever term you want to use or whoever is using it. And then all of a sudden, a year later, they're back in the band. Or, you know, they went and did something else and then came back in. So that I think that helps speak to, you know, maybe the he's difficult to deal with, but but you kind of want to be around his glow. It's like a it's like 
bugs on a zapper light. You kind of want to be around it, even though it's, you know, it's going to kill you. <laughs> no, I agree with you. I mean, I just think he was a stellar guy, and I just think, I think it's a great introduction to death metal if you're, you know, if you don't listen to death metal, if you haven't listened to it. Um, it's a good place to start. Um, so, is I'm assuming, Ed, you and Jake don't like death metal have not listened to like morbid angel or obituary cannibal or corpse. carcass anything like that yeah, I've, no. listened to, I've listened cannibal to cannibal corpse. corpse you know it's and and that that point should be made for me is that it's not necessarily that i exclusively don't like chuck's vocal i'm not a big fan of that death metal vocal style period i i've mm-hmm. I, I really am it's it's difficult for me to latch on to a vocalist. I just I don't know what it is about it. It's not that I don't like you know scream style or uh, you know growl style. I love that kind of I love that style. It's some of my favorite bands. I just whatever it is that turns it into death metal vocal, it, it just never done it for me. Yeah, I as we've established in previous episodes, I am definitely not a fan of the. Uh, scream growl whatever you want to call it style period and on the spectrum of that style that i can tolerate and i can't stand this is way on the end that i can't stand <laughs> lamb of god would be more towards the other end that i can take so we, we are very much more on the same page but uh yeah this one god this was painful <laughs> sit through these oh my god I you know what I made an effort for you guys you know what we need but, to do uh, we need to create uh, like a, a, a not a what would be another word for, not a timeline but uh, a line of Ed's like level <laughs> tolerance yeah, his, his level, the, of, the, level the, of tolerance for metal of, like on, on, the edometer <laughs> it would start it would start with like metallica then like pantera and then like lamb of god would be somewhere in the middle and then it would hit it would hit like uh death, slayer, and, then, and then slayer, slayer and death code right yeah and then like uh fear factory and cannibal corpse would be at like the very bottom end <laughs> <laughs> that's a pretty accurate description you'd have to throw a little black metal in oh there. my gosh I mean, that is terrible with with black metal you got oh, black metal not only so have you heard any of yeah metal, is that the one where they're like hobbits no no so some of them sound like tr- trolls doing the death growl. yeah it's oh my God. And, <laughs> A lot of it's yeah. like super, like it's like screamy, high pitch. Yeah, like yeah. Uh, yeah, if you want, good. Ed, if you want to check any of that out, try a band called um, Blackguard. If you want black metal, and then, and get back and get back to me. Okay. Just it doesn't sound like that's what I want, but do scan Google Scandinavian yeah. black metal. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> <laughs> I but you should listen to it next time we're together so we can see your reaction. I want to see your face when you listen to it. All right, we can do a react video. That sounds that actually sounds like a good episode yeah. for a show where we just we just sit here and, and like maybe do a Facebook live in the group of Ed. We'll we'll make a list of like 
of of like we'll pick a song of of each subgenre of metal and make Ed Facebook yeah. Live listen to each song. That's the, that's the <laughs> and Ed just takeover. see his reaction. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I love it. That's so good. Wait, can we also insert me talking about inappropriate things and freaking him out? Also, that's that's my other favorite reactions of him. Oh boy, you guys just want to kill me, don't you? <laughs> It's content, Ed. So, good for the show. <laughs> so, anything um, for the fans. So, I'm going to go ahead and assume that for two of you guys, it's an absolute no, not into it at all. But get it. The you know what? Value? Oh yeah. I, the uh, the yeah I I get it. It's like to each his own. There's people who like Eagle Rare and. And again, that's another. <laughs> and there's people who like larceny. Yeah, I don't know how this relates at all. But uh, yeah, you know. But it, as far as the instrumentals go, I, I can appreciate the instruments. I can appreciate the guitar, the drums. Like you can, you were talking about. Um, I have no fault, um, or nothing too bad to say about that. I would enjoy uh, if they pulled out all the vocals. I probably would enjoy listening to, you know, the instrumentals, but it's the vocals. I just can't get past the vocals. Yeah, for me, for me, like I said, I actually really, I really enjoyed the songs from an instrumental level. Um, I really, I enjoyed the um, the intentionality of the song structure. They were they were very much non repetitive. I felt like. Um, the, the different songs were were just that. They were different. I didn't feel like I was listening to one unending song over and over, album after album. I, I really felt like, like Matt said earlier, they had a great, uh, a nice progression of, of talent. So, I, I, he's, this is the best death metal band I've heard. I'll give him that. Um, okay. Especially instrumentally. I mean, I would, I would listen to this band. I would put them in my rotation if, if it had different vocals. Mm. And definitely, I mean, and, and the fact that you see one constant throughout, it, it, it makes it, it makes it really easy to see who's responsible for, for the, uh, the talented expression of the band is Chuck. And so with that said, yeah. and, and the fact that you can you can hear his um, his you know handprint throughout metal, not just in the death metal, but throughout other metal subgenres. Uh, that you know, I- I'm glad I'm glad we looked into this. Yeah, there's sure. no understating the importance uh, of his contribution to uh, the subgenre, if you will. Um, it's just interesting to me that. You know, they released their first album in 87, I think, or 88. And, you know, immediately following, you probably have the first release from the two big death metal bands that have had the longevity. So Morbid Angel and Cannibal Corpse. So I think Cannibal Corpse has released like 15 studio albums. Um, so, you know, if not for him jumping out of the gate with the subgenre and the sound, um, you know, I think we'd be talking about Cannibal Corpse today or, or Morbid Angel and not... A, about Chuck. Absolutely. And I mean also that 
death um, eclipsed, possessed, and necrophagia, you know, Correct, while they yeah. were still around um, is also a- a telling as well. Should we, should we take a quick break and then come back and discuss death within the overall realm of death metal? Sure. Does that sound like a good plan? Yeah. I don't want you to pee your. I don't want you to pee your pants. I mean, I'm getting pretty close. <laughs> All right, let's take a quick break and come back with it then. And we're back. I did not pee my pants. Anybody else pee their pants? Or did we make it? Close. Just like us averted. Yeah. I mean, no. No, I didn't. <laughs> just kidding. I was just seeing if you guys did. Um, do you guys want to hear some of the funniest death metal band names? <laughs> do I? Yeah. Let's hear them. Okay. Alright, I'm going to start off with my absolute favorite, and I apologize ahead of time to anybody that hears this and is like, whoop, that's my favorite band. <laughs> Sorry, their names are fucking stupid. Um, okay, my favorite is Cunt Saw. <laughs> that's that's <awesome>. right. <laughs> you heard it. Cunt Wait, Saw, one is, word. Do, can't like, isn't like, one word? Isn't like, cannot... And nope. with an accent? No, like, nope. see you next Tuesday. <laughs> like, he saw the yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's great, man. Oh, you never heard that before? <laughs> no. That must be a Jersey <laughs> thing. I think see you next Tuesday <laughs> oh should God, be a name so of a band. I use that all the time now. So I'm thinking that a cunt saw is the opposite of a buck axe. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Wait, is that... Is there a comma between the two words? No, it's one word. Cunt saw. Okay. Because <laughs> that would take on a totally different meaning. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Another favorite? Ball sack. Well. <laughs> Again, one word. Okay. Oh, Ball one word. Sack. One Ball word. Ball sack. Okay. <laughs> I mean, do we do we know? Maybe that's the guitar player's name. <laughs> <laughs> you never know. Um, okay, <laughs> like Van Halen. What I want to know is what? What were they thinking? What does death metal have to do with genitalia? Oh, just I wait. Just, no, just, just wait. Is it just spelled wait. how we think it's spelled? Yes. All right. So it's not like S A C, like no, without the K. All right. No, it's just ball, ball Saxon. Saxon. Yep. Um, <laughs> okay. Then there's uh, scrotum staplers. Oh, freaking amazing! <laughs> This is like an Eminem song. <laughs> okay. Okay. That's, that's not even <laughs> my. Here's my other <laughs> number two favorite. <laughs> Smother Teresa. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds. That sounds like a bad porn. I can't breathe. <laughs> That's I want to so, go. So that was actually clever. <laughs> I wish, I wish I was a teenager and I was could say to my mom, "I'm going to see Smother Teresa." There's nothing you could do about it. Ugh. Oh, good lord! <laughs> and then staying in kind of in that um, genre of names, there is Nun Slaughter, not N O N E N U N, Nun Slaughter. 
and then there is um, the Jack Officers. (laughs) (laughs) That's another quality one. Um, There's Jesus Chrysler, another excellent one. That's a that's actually a dealership up the road here. <laughs> oh, I think that's Jesus. <laughs> yeah. Jesus yeah, yeah, no. Um, this muy bueno. <laughs> then there is shit scum. So let's let here. Right. Here's something I want to say. High level of maturity in the death let's metal per- realm. Hang on. Let's pretend that I am in the band shit scum. And I make a record, and it's actually really, really, really good. And let's pretend that it's so good that there there are radio stations want to play it, or you know, M- let's pretend MTV still plays videos and they want to play a video. How in the fuck are they going to talk about my band Shit Scum? They won't. And what and- would they say? Blank scum. <laughs> I think or that's just I, blank blank. I think that's part of I think that's really part of the joke is that you know all these bands know that they're never going to get uh you know traditional radio time. So, you know why 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 I'm doing my hand quotes, why conform? You know, let's just be super, you know, just yeah. Uh, yeah. Watch watch shit's come win a Grammy next year. <laughs> <laughs> have to see and Taylor you know who- have to see Taylor Swift say shit Scum on stage. That'd be amazing. <laughs> and you Grammys. know who would open for them? <laughs> Baby Jesus Hitler. Oh they God. would be the opening band. Alright. Wow. <laughs> that's that's wrong on so many levels. <laughs> <laughs> There's also These the exist. wall of smegma. Okay. <laughs> a whole wall of it? Yes. Man, oh. that's a lot of that's well, like, like, kind of an accomplishment. <laughs> <laughs> and the mighty sphincter. Why does it smell like bleach in here? <laughs> oh, God. Oh, God. Um, some of them are a little bit more popular, like aborted fetus. They're actually quite big. Um, who else on this list is Cradle of Filth? Obviously, everybody knows Cradle of Filth. Mm-hmm. I don't even think that's yeah, that I've funny. Heard, I've, heard, I've heard of them. Yeah. Um, Dying fetus, they're huge too. Everybody knows dying, dying fetus. Um, Heaven shall burn. Who else is on here? Um, preschool tea party massacre. Mm, never heard of them. Pussy overload. I've heard, I've I've heard, heard of, of them. them. Yeah. Pussy overload. Yeah. Um, and sexual orange master is what I'm going to leave you with. Is sexual chocolate on there? Pussy overload sounds like my college years. Sounds like my life. Those boys are good. (laughs) I don't know what direction we're going in right now. (laughs) I think we just lost the plot, my friend. Um, Yeah. So, what are we talking about? What the fuck are we supposed to be talking about? Death metal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh my god. I think um what would make me feel better and a little cleansed would be if Lars's father showed up just about now. 
I'd like to know what his take on death metal is. <laughs> oh my god! Can you imagine? Uh, hello, hello. <laughs> oh, oh my god! Here he is. Oh, sorry, speak, sorry. Speak I was into the mic. Speak into the mic. Uh, sorry, I, yeah. I was I was running late. My my tennis match went into extra sets, <laughs> and I had to change my wet shorts. <laughs> the short shorts. Yes, they're very wet. I heard. Did you have to wring your heard, beard out? I did. <laughs> I was in a, a really hot set against my Prussian my Prussian friend Val. <laughs> hang, hang on, hang on, Torben. We're having we're having we're having some technical difficulties. We're gonna we're gonna put you on hold and come back. Sounds like your phone line's a little off. Okay. <laughs> okay, I wait, I wait right here. <laughs> so. We wanted to have you on the show. <laughs> oh man, Tor- Torben, how many Prussian right. francs for your autograph? <laughs> we, we wanted to ask you how you felt about death metal. <laughs> Oh, you know, uh, oh, it's funny you should ask. Uh, Val, Val and I were just talking about this during our match when he was he, when he was caressing the balls. Uh, <laughs> no, that's uh, what, that's actually his favorite death metal band is caressing the balls. Uh, they're they're very good. They're they're from they're from Scandinavia. I think I've heard of them. I, I'm sure you have, Ed. They love Larceny. <laughs> oh, what a coincidence. So do I. <laughs> I think Matt just died. <laughs> I dropped my headset. I'm sorry. I'm back. Oh, I just, God. I just don't, you know, I, I just don't know if I can get into the death metal because, uh, you know, I, I really love the drum beat that goes like, <laughs> boom, pop, boom, pop, boom, pop, like my son Lars plays. Oh, yeah. He's great. Yes. That's we love just, him here on the show. Yeah. Uh, He's a huge fan of the show. Yes, I know how you guys razz him. It's, I love it. <laughs> I just love it. I just oh, okay. I love your hashtag too the 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 foo clars <laughs> that's just great <laughs> is that fook f o o k I think it's fuke fuke uh Yes, that's a term of endearment here. Yeah, sure yeah. it is. Oh yeah, I, I mean, love like, him. Like I fucking love to play tennis. <laughs> I think we just lost all of our listeners. Um. <laughs> um, well, thank, thank you, you so much. Yeah, thanks for <laughs> thank being you on very the show. much. We appreciate you taking the time. Good luck on your busy. next match. Yes. Oh, it's my pleasure. Talk to you next time, guys. <laughs> See you All next right. week. Off <laughs> Peterson. Oh, man. I always love hearing from Torben. 
That guy is just great. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm really glad that he thinks I love Hopefully he understands German. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I'd love to get him weekly spot on the show. That would be freaking awesome. And his Prussian friend, too. Yeah, Val. I mean, Val sounds really cool. I'd, I'd have to uh, Google that the the band that he mentioned. What was it? Uh, caressing the balls. Caressing yeah. balls. Yeah. I think it was caressing, like caress. Yeah. Yeah. Caress. Caress. Yeah. I, mean, I think it might be a K. Yeah. It, you know, it, it, you know, might be might be one of those things that gets lost in translation. We might have to just Google it. Just Google. You know, for listeners out there, if you're looking for that, just Google caress the balls, and yeah. and I'm sure you'll find. A death metal band in there somewhere. Yeah, first thing should oh, pop yeah. up. Yep. Yeah, I'm sure that nothing. I'm totally safe for work. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, put put your safe search on if you're at work. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah. Or don't. Haha. <laughs> oh yes. So thank you everyone who who pressed onward and through with us, and we promise you that next week. No, I can't promise you. Next week. We will have another great episode of Metal Rock and Whiskey Podcast. Maybe even a typical episode. Matt. Or some ball <laughs> caressing. Yeah. Thank you, Ed. Uh, just wanted to go around the horn here. And what is everyone into? Any new podcasts? New <clears throat> bands? Old bands? I'll, I'll kick yeah. it off because it will kind of tie into uh, it'll kind of tie into the discussion a little bit, but. Uh, there's a, a YouTube channel um, called Steve Terryberry, um, and he does. He's a huge death metal. I mean, just metal fan in general. But he's he's a big death metal fan, and he, he's a he shreds on guitar for one. But he does a lot of very tongue in cheek uh, videos. I mean, if you like this episode and how how fun we thought the death metal genre was, then you would absolutely uh, love his channel. It's uh, he him he himself maybe takes a little bit of an acquired taste. He's a he's an interesting guy to say the least, but uh, it's a fun fun view nevertheless. What about you, Sailor? Um. <clears throat> well, I'm listening to two podcasts that I have mentioned previously, and just want to mention again. Um, if you guys are not listening to my dad wrote a porno. Your nerds, because it is seriously the funniest shit I've ever heard in my life. And I'm in the, I'm almost finished with the last season, and they said they are coming out with a new season. Um, the best entertainment ever. So funny. Absolutely hysterical. And then um, another shout out to one of my favorite podcasts. Please excuse my dead aunt Sally. They are absolutely a riot and um, really quick, short episodes. Very, very funny. Um, we're big fans and they're big fans of us. So please check yeah, them been, out. They've been showing us a lot of support. Very cool. Yeah, they're super awesome. So that's what I've been listening to. Matt? Yeah, sure. I wanted to, uh, no podcast or anything, but I did want to say that I had the pleasure over the this past weekend to see the band that provides our theme song um live and in person uh they were playing a small venue about 10 minutes from where i live here and i had the pleasure of you know they were the uh one of three bands on the bill and i can say 
you know, not showing favoritism that they completely tore the fucking house down. Uh, and that would be one particles collide. Of course, Sasha and Chris, just two yeah. amazing musicians, yeah. two amazing people. Um, if you get the chance to see them, check out their website. Um, you know, they're, they're all over the place. They might be coming to a town near you. Uh, if you're in the States, I would definitely recommend it. Um, Sasha's just an incredible vocalist and guitar player and Chris, great drummer. Um, just absolutely incredible show that they put on. Uh, and they played our theme song too, which is pretty cool. And, and I, I learned that they don't really play it that much. <laughs> so it was kind of cool to hear it in person. So go check them out. That's cool. Yep. We love them. We do love them. Ed, you want a, you want a second chance at this? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> So now that we're back on script, I want to give a huge thanks to all our listeners out there and ask you to please join us next week for another episode of the Metal Rock and Whiskey Podcast. Matthew, to you, buddy. Thank you, friend. And to all of you listeners out there, in the world, our fellow Metal Rock and Whiskey Obsessors, we value your opinions and your feedback. Find us on Instagram at Metal Rock Whiskey. Send us your love, your likes, and please share your thoughts, reviews, questions, suggestions, concerns, and comments about the show. Please feel free to do the same on our Facebook page. Search Metal Rock and Whiskey and ask to join to continue discussions. Participate in our weekly polls and sound off on the show. Also find us on YouTube and please subscribe on iTunes. Give us that five-star review. Please don't be a ball sack. Just give us that five-star rating. You can also follow us individually on Instagram. Yours truly, you can find me on Instagram at the Whiskey Obsessor. That is whiskey without that E. Ed, where can they find you? They can also find me on Instagram at Bourbon Geek. Sailor. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter and Spotify as Sailor Retro. And you can find me on Instagram at bourbon.spartan. And you can find a way to help support our show on patreon.com forward slash metal rock whiskey. There's lots of great benefits uh, there for, for those of you who want to support the show and help us keep moving. Hopefully you've enjoyed uh, the episodes that we put forth and uh, our intense zaniness. Hopefully you guys like it, because this is uh, pretty much what we do, and we love to do it. But uh, for tonight, we're all done. I'd say that this episode now is time to be put to death. (laughs) (laughs) What a boom! You guys guys see what I did there? Uh, I see what you did there. So funny. Well, hey, tip your waitresses, guys. We're out. Thanks. Fuck you, Lars. I'll be interesting. Later, everyone. Um, so the first article that came up, oh is uh, How Not to Fondle His Balls, The Art of Testicle Play, from LA Weekly. Now, Art of Testicle Play definitely sounds like a death metal band. Yes. 
Actually, it does. Um, <laughs> there's also playing with a guy's balls in 11 steps. Wow, 11 steps. <laughs> Who That's knew? like 10 steps too much right there. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> exactly. A. Oh, God. It's like 10, 10 steps away from how we got on this topic. Yeah. <laughs> the ultimate guide to playing with your boyfriend's ball sack. Now, why is Ball this sack, see? There you go. Granny caresses balls. Alrighty <laughs> then. So that's to- that's so. And dead there goes metal. the last listener. <laughs> <laughs> there's 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 the uh, the the sub the subtitle for the episode. That's so death metal. <laughs> now, now that we've lost uh, half our listenership, we want to give Canada a still with us. <laughs> I'm sure Ed Ed can tighten this up a little bit. <laughs> help Ed, help us out. <laughs> 